Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by SportsbookReview.com. This year's tournament, Tate, has seen its share of upsets. It's true. Uh, you might have remembered UMBC. They beat Virginia. Mm. But one upset you cannot afford is picking the wrong place to bet. Sportsbook Review is the industry standard when it comes to rating and ranking online sports betting sites with top sign-up bonuses, the best mobile platforms, reduced juice and early lines. Sportsbook Review has helped hundreds of thousands of customers get in on the action. For a limited time, head over to www.sportsbookreview.com ringer for easy access to free picks, live odds, and a list of the best sites for betting throughout the remainder of this year's NCAA tournament. Again, that is www.sportsbookreview.com ringer. Go there, come out a winner, Sportsbook Review. And we're also brought to you by, we have two sponsors, Mark Titus. Did you know this? Did you hear about this? SeatGeek, the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events like March Madness, concerts, and more. For $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or sporting event, use promo code OSP. Download the SeatGeek app or go to right to SeatGeek.com. Mm-hmm. And we're also brought to you by, as always, as always, the ringer.com. Come, 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 come. Uh, where I wrote I wrote an article about Javon Carter. His career came to an end tonight. We are recording this uh, on a Friday night after the games have been played. The Elite Eight has been set. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I wrote an article anticipating this. Uh, I, 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 I kind of imagined that West Virginia might lose to Villanova, so I thought it was sort of like a living funeral to Javon Carter's career. Uh, hopefully people read it before the game. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're listening now, it's too late. His career is over. But... Uh, <laughs> Just appreciation. I'm going to miss that dude. You know, like he's kind of underappreciated. Didn't play super well tonight, but um, he's just like the way he always played was like you never, you, you, you almost didn't notice him. I mean, you, you definitely notice him because he played. You're like, who's that guy from the YMCA out there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't, he, he doesn't, I think the line I used in the piece was like he, he doesn't really provide highlight plays necessarily, but he just makes a bunch of good plays. And then when you add them all up, you're like, damn, this dude just dropped like 26 points and seven assists and mm-hmm. you know and guarded the best player on the other team so uh check that out on the ringer i wrote that uh also check out our friends at the press box podcast on channel 33 uh david shoemaker brian curtis our good buddies uh they we, we, were, we were listening to them record their podcast we were like st- standing on the other side of the door uh where they were talking about the ncaa tournament selection show Pretty much everything going on in the NCAA tournament. I need, I need to hear them talk about Sister Jean and the crying kids and just like all of the ancillary bullshit that goes on in this tournament where they they they, they don't want to show the game. They want to cut CBS, TBS. They all want to cut to the to the crowd. I need to hear those guys' thoughts on And on they this. do like that Twitter joke of the week, so I'm sure there's a lot of uh, Sister Jean stuff out there. Yeah. So they can check, figure it out. Check that out. Check out the Bill Simmons podcast. Check out everything on the Ringer podcast network. It's all good stuff. There's, one, there's actually one podcast on our network that is not good. I'm not going to say which one, but uh, you guys have to just go listen to all of them and mm-hmm. see if you guys can find mm-hmm. out which one it is. There's mm-hmm. one. It's a, there's, there's just one. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of them are great, though. So go listen to them all. Try to figure out which one it is. Uh, but today, Tate and I, the Elite Eight has been set, Tate. Um, you look at it, maybe not the most Elite Eight we've ever had, but there are eight teams. I've counted them up. They're all here. So uh, we're just going to get into it. We're going to talk about our experience going to Staples Center. We, we, we watched some of the games. On Thursday night, uh, we're just going to go through all the games, all the happenings, preview the, the Elite Eight games coming up. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. The 
It's time. The Duffel Bag Boys are here. Yeah. The Elite Eight is set. It's with, it's with, I, I want to start here, Tate. It is with a heavy heart that I think we need to report that you and I are now diehard Michigan fans. Mm-hmm. It pains me to say it as an Ohio State alum. Um, a lot of Ohio State people listening to this are going to, uh, you know, call eviscerate me out on this. you. Yeah, because I, I will say me. this there was not a time in my life that I could ever have my arch rival whether it was Duke football or not, and say, mm. I could pull for them. And that makes you a big man. I'm really I'm a very impressed. big man, yeah. Yes. Tate and I, and, and so I, first of all, I apologize to Ohio State fans for being upset with me that I'm, mm-hmm. I'm cheering for Michigan, but I also apologize for Michigan fans for giving your team the kiss of death, inevitably. But uh, <laughs> Tate and I are all in on Michigan. We went to Staples Center. Let's start there. I think we need to tell the people about our experience. I think people people enjoy it when you talk about like all the fun things you get to do that they don't get to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think listeners just love that when when guys of privilege are just like, hey hey listeners, check out how awesome lives we have. But then we also like throwing complaints about how I get sick from how watching basketball. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was about to complain about being bur- burnout right it's, now. It's raining in L.A. and mm-hmm. I just it just it's so sad how it's raining here, even though it's like snowing six feet of snow everywhere else. Um, but uh, so let's 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 tell the people, the friends of the program, how our Thursday night went. We go down to Staples Center. Um, we get media passes. Yes, we're we, professionals now. Yeah, we we get the we media show pass. up at least three hours early. We were there very very <laughs> we're the early. First people there. We yes. worked the media buffet. Mm-hmm. We're we're whining, you know, we're we're whining and dining with all the uh, all the big shots in, in sports media. Um, and then we decide we wanted to watch the. First of all, what we notice is that they're not serving alcohol at these games, which is. A very very bad move, but on the NCAA. if you don't have an alcoholic beverage, you can have a nice Powerade, which is cool and refreshing yes. and delicious, yeah, very refreshing, or a nice Coca Cola, Coke or a Coke Zero yeah. Sugar. Yes, <laughs> any sort of Coke, any of those. Yeah. You can have any of those, um, but you cannot have alcohol. Tate mm-hmm. and I, uh, I'm not going to say we're like the bad boys of college basketball media, but if other people want to say it, I'll certainly let them. Mm-hmm. Um, we 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 like alcohol. Sorry, yeah, sue us, you know. So. We're looking around. There's no beer to be had. Um, we we decide we're just going to go across the street, watch the first game, Nevada versus Loyola. And, and I know what you're thinking down. right now. You're thinking, but if you leave the arena, Mark Titus, yeah. how can I, you get back in the yeah. arena? Well, yeah. folks, with this media pass, yeah. you can go in and out. You can do whatever you want. I and can't that's recommend the, that's enough. the power of the media. I can't recommend enough. Everybody yeah. listening, start a blog. Start mm-hmm. a podcast. Mm-hmm. You, you need to get this media pass. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. fascinating stuff. You don't, you just also, keep applying and just see what happens. You also don't need to see. Like I felt like... Uh, uh, Lloyd Christmas, and when he's trying to return the briefcase, and he's running down the uh, the you know the the he's trying to get onto the airplane, and the guy says, "Sir, you can't go in there." He goes, "It's okay, I'm a limo driver," and mm-hmm. he sticks out his ID. That's how I felt. That's how I always feel with the media pass. Every time I get one, I'm walking around like anywhere in the arena. People give me side eye. I'm just like, whoa, 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 check this out. I can go. I can go anywhere I want. And let's be honest, no one's giving you side eye because you have your media pass don like a true professional. Right. You have it around your neck like you're supposed to. It's supposed to be visible at all times. Meanwhile. I have mine in my pocket. Everywhere I go, I'm getting stopped. People are treating me like I'm not supposed to be there. They're like, who is this child? He's wearing sweatpants <laughs> and, a, and a sweatshirt. They're trying to throw me out. They're like, I have no idea how this guy got in the building. But luckily, we survived. Luckily, so we advanced. We watched the first, we watched Loyola, uh, Nevada. That's who they played. I almost <laughs> forgot. My, my goodness. Some uh, say Nevada. Yeah, Nevada, Nevada. Uh, no, we watched kidding, that at, the, at a bar right across the street mm-hmm. from Staples Center. First, we should say the crowd at this game. 
at the two games we went to, the crowd, like downtown LA, all that, 75% Michigan fans? I'm going to say 80%. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say 80. And then like all the, Michigan. 20% was the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Gonzaga, Florida State. And by the rest of them, we mean like someone dressed up as a Seminole, like randomly yeah. in the streets. Shout out to the three white dudes dressed <laughs> as the Seminoles in, in Los Angeles. In 2018 in Los Angeles wow. that are just like, like one guy has a headdress down to his ankles and they're doing the tomahawk chop and like everyone's like, ooh. <laughs> everyone's like, that guy still has dial up. Right. We hope. We hope that guy does. It's a little yeah. problematic. Um, so mostly Michigan fans. State and I, we, we go to the bar. We're watching the Loyola Nevada game. Mm-hmm. The Pretty meme showdown. Yeah. Pretty good game. Meme showdown. Uh, Nevada kind of gets up early. It, it, was a, it was a little back and forth. Then Loyola gets up, and that's how this this game worked. And then uh, Nevada comes storming back. I thought they were going to do it. I thought the Martin twins were playing really well. I can't tell them apart. Like they're just one collective. Caleb and Cody. They're yeah. one collective person. The the Martin person was playing very well during that comeback. I was I thought this is going to be awesome. Loyola is going to you know let this one slip away. We're going to have an awesome ending. It was kind of a good ending, but Loyola's hung on, and now Loyola is advanced to the Elite Eight. Which gets us back to Sister Jean. And it always does. Yes. And she makes it to the Elite Eight with this team. And uh, she was very excited after the game. And people were coming up to her and they asked her what the players were saying to her. And they were like, they were upset that they ruined her bracket. And she was like, it's okay. It's fine. I'm not worried about my bracket. My thing with this tournament right now, and and we're going to keep joking. What? Just keep going. No, I'm, no, I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to hype you up. I'm trying to hype you up. Just, I'm trying to do that thing where, like, every time you pause, I'm just Facts. like, get fat. Yeah, go, Facts. go, keep yes, going. Yes. No matter what you're saying, yep. it just keeps going worse and worse, getting worse and worse. I'll just uh, say, uh huh. Keep going. Yeah, uh huh. Sure, sure. Uh, the brackets are done. Throw uh-huh. out your brackets, folks. Uh-huh. It, it's done. We've got to the point where we can do that. So the fact that Sister Jean brings that up and she's doing it in a wry fashion. So th- she goes, there goes my bracket. Yeah, she makes that she, joke. Like, oh, we get it, Sister Jean. Yeah, you filled she, out a bracket. And you, she's like two inside baseball at this yeah. point. It's like everyone's giving Sister Jean jokes. Who's writing these jokes for her? Right. My biggest gripe with Sister Jean right now, we know she's 98 years old, right? Mm-hmm. I think we have a little Danny Almonte moment going on. Ooh. I need to see the birth certificate. Ooh. I need to see where Sister Jean is from. She she she's like all locked in. She's got clarity. I mean, she's more clear on college basketball than me. She's talking about who oh they need goodness. to guard on their teams and stuff like that. She's looking at Musselman. She's like, I'm worried about his sets here. We got to guard this Martin twin right here. I'm like, who is Sister are Jean? Are you saying where Sister does she come Jean from? is yeah. like a 65 year old from Miami who's actually a Duke fan or something? I'm saying, show us the birth certificate, Sister Jean. Let's we, find it. We need the backstory. Yes. Of this. a lot of people. That's good. That's a good point. Yes. call out the journalists. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who's actually fact-checking this? Who's already this? running with this story? You yeah, know? You're it's just like 98-year-old Sister Jean. You know, no one's fact-checking this. Does anybody know anything about her? No. In any of her background? No. Does she have any problematic no. things in her past? No one knows. No one knows. And that's, no one has any That's idea. what I'm saying right you're, now. You're very much... I, I, I think it's funny how... Uh, uh, a lot of people are out on Sister Jean, yourself included, but uh, it's but, becoming. But, but now it's like the contrarian thing to say you're out on Sister Jean. I, I don't think it's contrarian. Life- I was going to say, like, at this point, I feel like most people are sort of out on her. They're just scared to say it. That's my that's Do you my think feeling. So? I think so. I think, I think I don't deep think down, so. a lot of people are like, we get it. The lady's old. She wears a scarf. We get like what because because I think like, I think America thinks that she's Meg Ryan and that she's America's <laughs> sweetheart and now we're gonna have to lock in and be like oh my God I love her forever she, no matter what she does to her face in the future she'll she'll always be Sister Jean to me that's what we're doing right now and I'm trying to stop us from doing I that. think deep down most people were like I, this is fun this is a, this is a fun ride we're gonna get excited because they they looked at the Loyola making the sweet even even like beating Miami and they're like okay cool this is fun and mm-hmm. they thought like. 
we're going to have this fun night where Loyola plays Tennessee and we just like, we would go all in on Sister Jean and won't that just be fun? And then they win and they're like, oh, cool, this is fun. And then the Vada game comes up and they're like, oh, we got to do that again where we're like, you know, all excited about Sister Jean. That's okay. This is probably their last game. We'll just, you know, we'll just, for old time's sake, we'll just get really excited about the whole Sister Jean thing. And they get all excited and they're like, are you shitting me? They won again? <laughs> and now people are like deep down, they're like, I got to do this again. Really? Mm-hmm. Where I like pretend to care about any of these guys on this team? I'm sure there are a lot of people that care about this, but. And we know. don't want to say that this has nothing to do with Loyola basketball. But this that, is the, that's the thing. This, this has nothing to do with the team. You know, like, why are we not talking about the team? Well, why, are, why are we getting ooh. distracted from the fact that this team has made this amazing run? They have these great players mm-hmm. that we're all enjoying watching. They've hit, they've hit these big shots. And I literally, if you had to, if I had to write down the starting five right now and I had to do first and last name mm-hmm. and where they went to high school, first the of all, one guy, I, would, I would stop at last name. There's the one guy, there's the other guy. Yeah, and then this guy, and then the, and then and the then guy the, that hits the shots. The one, the the coach who wears the the tie with the yes. the shirt. The, yes. With the, the red yeah, zone guy. That guy. Yeah. Uh, and then there's Sister Jean. Remember yeah, her? and then of course Sister Jean. Folks, you seen this, you seen this Sister Jean? But, but that's what I think. Sister Jean has become the cop out to talk about Loyola. I know. Like, that's what people do. They're like, They're I don't know away. anything yeah. about this team, but I know about Sister Jean. Are they going to like raise a Sister Jean banner and when they raise the... They're, they're, they, I think they are. Sister I think they're Jean, put a Sister Jean has t-shirts. We have been complaining on this program yeah. to our producer oh my for God, God, you God see knows how, how long to get a t-shirt. And then I watch this one interview as Mariah Musselman interviewing Sister Jean, the meme moment of the century. CBS gets it to happen. And they're giving each other t-shirts. First of all, they're like, I like you. I like you too. I think you're interesting. I think you're interesting. <laughs> and then they're like, here's a t-shirt for you. And Sister Jean pulls out this nice, soft t-shirt with a beautiful design. Great graphic. says, I love Sister Jean. And she gives it to Mariah Musselman. And she's like, thank you, Sister Wait, so you're telling me so as we know from our, our experience, it takes like at least three or four six three months. or four months. Yeah. Six months. About six months to get t shirts made. Yes. Did Sister Jean see this coming though? I don't understand how it, <laughs> did, it, it did seems Sister like, Jean preemptively know yeah. like did she talk to God in December and she was like I just want to make sure we're going to the Elite Eight. And he's like, of course, sister, of course. Morgan Freeman's there, of course. you know. And then it happens. Uh, she we did were, it. We were really bummed. We became... What we a were, premonition. We were writing... Uh, the other reason we should... we yeah, In, I, in the interest of... In yeah. the, full disclosure. Yes. In the interest of uh, journalistic integrity here, part of the reason we're out on Sister Jean and Loyola and in, in, in all of that story is because <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were pulling for Nevada uh, because we recently became... Very strong Eric mm. Musselman fans. Mm-hmm. We were on the we were riding the must train. Uh, I'll be honest, I was not riding the must train. I uh, the game against Cincinnati. As I, I said, I came on the podcast and I was like, you know, the Musselman family, calm down. We yes, get, we, get we were it. doing exactly what we're doing right now, and then we yeah. actually spoke. <laughs> Thanks to Michael Lombardi. Tell the story. Yeah, we Tell do a little story. drop in. So this is uh, we go out to the West Side. Mark Titus, you're in Los Angeles. You're Again, in Hollywood. People, people love this. They love to hear about our our awesome lives going to the beach. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Adventures in the world. Uh, you're in Hollywood. It's it's uh, you know for people Hollywood isn't all glitz and glamour. Sometimes it's human feces on the street. Um, and Mark Titus is living right here in the middle of it. You know sometimes yes. you got to dodge that. And we wanted to take you to the West Side. I wanted to take you to the West Side to see some sunshine. Kyle ditched us because he had quote unquote. What did you say, Kyle? Yeah, personal things life to do. Things. I, life things. Life things. Never to heard do. that before. And like if you, t-shirts. If made. you want to guess what Kyle did that day, please send it in to us. <laughs> we would love to know. We would love to know. Um, so we go to the West Side, and and we're by the beach. We have a nice, you know, nice yeah. little lunch. And we go up. Michael Lombardi, my other podcast host. You know, and sometimes I feel like I'm cheating on you and yeah, I'm with yeah. him. You know, it, it's a little bit in the we middle. We had a love triangle going with little, the three of us. A little love triangle. Yeah. So I text Lombardi, who's living down there. I'm like, Hey, Mike, how's it going? Should we come by? He's like, Sure, because we're gonna go to the beach. Our plan is to sit on. The beach all day clear our heads yeah. get ready for the next weekend of basketball 
We get into Lombardi's house. This man, yeah. he, he's feeding us. He's giving us beers. We're just sitting around. We're chopping it up. We're talking. We're talking about what's happening in the tournament, all these upsets, how crazy it is, you know, about the right logic, wrong picks, what we've been into. <laughs> um, and then Lombardi's like, well, I'm just so excited for Mus, my guy Mus. And we're like, what do you mean your guy Mus? He's like, oh, that's one of my good friends, you know? Because Mus coached at Golden State Warriors back in the day, people forget. Uh, and when he lost his job with Golden State after having a pretty good year, he didn't have a job. Michael Lombardi was working with the Raiders, and he loved Musselman. They became good yep. friends in the Bay. He said, hey, Mus, you want to have an office in the, Ra in the Raiders while you figure out your life right now? Mus is like, I appreciate it, Mike. Sure, I'll go do that. And they became lifelong friends. It was right. a beautiful story. And we're saying all this, and we're we're like this close. And you can't see my hand right now unless you're looking at video. We're, we're super close to maybe shitting on the Musselman family, you know? Right. We're, we're at a Sister yeah. Jean moment as we're talking about the tournament. We're like, I'm just sort of tired of the memes. I'm tired of the whole family picture. And then I'm tired of the sun's flexing yeah, behind yeah, him. The know, sun's like, doing the like, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Drinking muscle milk um, and doing all that. And as soon as we say this, Lombardi's like, I'll just call Muscleman right now. And we're like, wait a, wait a tick. What do you mean you're going to call him right now? In five seconds, he's on the phone with Eric Muscleman yeah. talking about everything. You got to come on the podcast. Yeah, 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 you got to come on the pod. Here's how life is. Congratulations on making the Sweet 16. How's Reno? How's how's the family? How's everything? And, and Muscleman he, seemed like the most genuine great he guy. He puts Muscleman on speakerphone. We can hear the whole conversation. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in on Muscleman. He also, should we, should we give the scoop? Mm. Should we give the scoop? Give the scoop. He said uh, he was on the phone. No, we won't give the scoop. Don't give the scoop. Don't, Don't give the scoop. Give the scoop. But most of them was having a great day. People are calling him up. They're like, how's everything going? His stock is rising. That's when we're talking to Muscleman. And we're feeling good about it because we're like, now we're in the bag with a muscle family. There's no telling yeah. what's going to happen. Yes. If they get this win against Loyola, maybe they go to the Final Four. Maybe we see him in San Antonio. Maybe we have him on the podcast. We're high-fiving. We're having a great time. And uh, and then they lose. Sister Jean. For a second there, it was like we had we're gonna we're gonna do live look at Kevin Stallings. We're gonna put <laughs> Kevin Stallings' head on Sean Miller's body and say live look at Kevin Stallings, realizing that his coach correspondent role on mm. One Shining Podcast is in jeopardy because yes. of Eric Musselman. Yes. So yeah, it was just like a whole roller coaster. We were, we were so excited. We we yeah, I don't know. We just became Musselman fans just like that. So that he, so that was that goes to show where we are. You know, if Sister Jean, if we see her in San Antonio yeah. and Sister Jean's All like, takes, I love the podcast. I've been a big fan since the T-Dup days. We'll say Sister Jean Come on now. All it takes is like, so you know, someone at the ringer is going to be like, yeah, actually, you know, Sister Jean plays 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 cards with my grandma every every third Wednesday, and mm -hmm. we'll be like, oh, you can get her on the phone, and then at that, just like that, we'll turn. We we'll find be, out we'll Kevin O'Connor's grandma is Sister Jean. We're, <laughs> we're very easily swayed with that. Mm -hmm. uh, so Loyola moves on. This is, the, this is the big takeaway, and again, it's it, this is what it's become. We don't even talk about the basketball. Um, it's just about Sister. That's Jean. why it's the That's meme it. showdown. It's the meme showdown. That's all it is. Uh, so that game, that game, uh, you know, we're, we're watching that unfold, and a we, race to sixty nine. We're keeping, we're again. keeping our eye on the Michigan game because we're like, all right, well, as soon as the Michigan game tips off, we're gonna go across the street and watch mm. Michigan Texas A and M. The game tips off like as soon as it tips off, it's over. Mm. I mean, I think Michigan, from my understanding, by winning the tip, Michigan got like a twenty five point lead, <laughs> and it was just, it was completely over. Our friend of the program, Duncan Robinson, six man for Michigan, he's licking his lips, he's ready to get out there in the, the Sweet Sixteen, show the people what he can do. The game was over before he even got out there. He was completely unnecessary. He played well, but he was like completely unnecessary. It was like John Beeline's looking. I'm like, thanks, Duncan. Uh, you, we didn't really need that though. Mm -hmm. we, we appreciate your help, but mm -hmm. we we had this already. Um, Michigan wins. The walk-on C.J. Bear gets in. Uh, unbelievable moment. He he gets the ball. Everyone's chanting for him to the the, the first guy. Um, the the other big white dude that was on the bench. No one cares about him. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he comes yeah. in. He gets the dunk, and then Bear like is completely shows up his teammate, and he's like, "You you you think you're gonna steal this moment? No. no. Watch this. Bombs a deep three. 
kind of had a guy closing out on him too in Staples Center too. Like this in is a big Staples moment. Center. Yeah, in the NCAA tournament, the dude in the bombs, hits the three. He goes absolutely nuts. Hopefully they showed it on. I don't, I, I assume they showed the replay on the the television broadcast. Oh, yeah, he was doing the three. See it, yeah, yeah. The like my man day. was losing his mind and rightfully so. Uh-huh. Then he goes down and gets a rebound. Um, it was an awesome moment. It like the whole the whole crowd's going nuts. It's all Michigan fans, and like it it, it sucked me in. I'll be honest. Like it's it's hard not to cheer for this Michigan team. And that's what I'm saying. We need humanizing moments, and like doing it for cheap thrills with Sister Jean. Yeah. When you have a guy like C.J. Baird who comes in the game, hits the shot, you it's warm to your heart because you mm. see yourself in this young man. You're like, I understand what it's like to go from being a manager to playing in an actual yeah. game. You know, so it was very sweet. And, and when I my experience was this Tate I played mm-hmm. I played in one NCAA tournament game it was uh, the first round game we were a one seed I was playing for Ohio State team that went to the Final Four just in case you know I don't know if I brought that up before that I was on a Final Four <laughs> team at Ohio State uh, so we're playing the 16 seed and I go in for one minute I about shit my pants my heart was like bursting out of my chest as I'm at the scores table because. In that moment, I I remember, like, I think my biggest problem with my playing career was, like, I was smart enough to know that this is, like, just how big the moment was. Mm -hmm. Even though it was, like, a 16th seed, it was a blowout game, no one really cared that much. I was smart enough to know when I am 50, 60, 70 years old, I will be talking about this moment, how I played in this NCAA tournament. I'll be telling the same story for the rest of my life. Especially if you your pants literally (laughs) then we all would and especially if I get a podcast I will definitely (laughs) tell it as much as possible on the podcast so uh I I had this plan over my head as I'm checking Mm -hmm. into the game I'm like this is you know this whatever happens out here is going to stay stick with me for the rest of my life so I was terrified I didn't want to do anything I I grabbed the rebound I was excited about that I know my brand is like trillions and I don't want to do anything while I'm out there but this was different it's NCAA tournament when you're in the NCAA tournament you got to do stuff and I say that to say I know exactly what was going through this man's mind and how like nervous he is. It's like an out of body experience while you're out there. You're just like running around. It, you, it's it's a whole whirlwind. I, I don't even know how else to explain it. The, the other part that no one really thinks about is like when you've been sitting on the bench for for two straight hours. You're ice cold. You're already at a disadvantage because you're unathletic and can't move, and that's probably why you don't really play much anyway. But now you're sitting on the bench for two straight hours, Tate, mm-hmm. and they throw you out there, and it's just a whirlwind. You, you in this, and, and for him, it's the Sweet Sixteen. This is not a one for, for me. It was a one versus sixteen game for this man. It's the Sweet Sixteen in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, with the stars in the Staples Center. Mm-hmm. I was playing in Rupp Arena. The, you know, the only stars there were the Staples Center yeah, of the South. The, I guess Staples Center of Lexington, Kentucky. It. That's the plug. Um, so I can only imagine. We we talked to him in the locker room after, and he was like, he kind of you know he said what I already imagined, thought he was going to say, which is like it, it was just like an out of body thing. Like I just had the adrenaline going. I jacked the three. I knew it was online. You just kind of pray it goes in. Uh, he had bigger balls than I did because if I would have got the, sh- I would have let the shot clock run out. I was like, I am not going to airball this. That's the last thing I'm going to mm-hmm. be the guy who airballed a three in the NCAA tournament game I played in. Uh, so he hits the three. And and man, I was so jealous. I was like, "Damn, I wish I could hit a three. But yeah, he was awesome. It was it was an awesome moment. But so. let's talk about the, you. So you interview him. We're in the locker room after the game. We we go in, you know, because mm-hmm. we had these media passes, and you do a nice little beautiful sit down moment with him. He's getting filmed, and you know right. he's doing this great interview back and forth. And you ask him a great question. You're like, "What celebrity? You're in Los Angeles. Right. The the classic question. You're in Los Angeles. What celebrity do you want to come see you play on Saturday? Right. And there's a million different answers, you know? Maybe you go Young Starlet that you have some interest in, or maybe mm-hmm. you go, like, famous actor like Denzel Washington that you really love. You know, there's a there's a spectrum. There's and we're talking a, celebrities, folks. A whole lot of people you can mention, yeah. So many people, <laughs> so many people. And my guy, who just beat, blew the brakes off Texas A&M, by the way, goes, 
I'd love if Johnny Manziel came to the game. <laughs> and we come to find out Johnny Manziel is at the game he was in the, the building, yeah, yeah, yeah. witness yeah. it, hey, and listen, uh, it was a missed opportunity. He was on I the spot. It. He was he was put on the spot. Uh, but shout out CJ Barry. Can't say like that was that was the moment of the tournament for me. Honestly, I'm not even I'm not even trying to to. You know, no, I it was the most genuine reaction I've seen from you in a long time. It was, dude, because yeah. like honestly, I don't, I, you know, Michigan and Ohio State, like I've said on here before that I, I don't, I don't it's get basketball wrapped up. Is different, yeah. Basketball is so much different than football. I hate the, the Michigan football team can suck it. I mm-hmm. screw those guys, but the, the Michigan the Duke football team can suck yeah, it too. The Michigan basketball guys, like I've every pretty much every Michigan basketball team has fun, been fun to watch. Mm-hmm. They're fun, you know, like th- there's there's so many reasons to like Michigan basketball team. So I was like, you know, and and by the way, when I was playing there, we kicked their ass every year. So like. <laughs> It wasn't much of a rivalry. Um, do you, do you, so, but but even yeah. if there was a rivalry, like I, I if, if if you're dealing with walk-ons and if de- especially managers turn walk-ons, that's always priority. Mm-hmm. That's always like if you told me Grayson Allen was a manager turn walk-on, I'd be like, oh, I kind of like this guy. I'm gonna cheer for him. I like I like this it's story above here. the rivalry. Yeah, it's above saying. everything. Yes. for me, I got so, it. Well, I not, not everything. There's probably you know. My favorite <laughs> thing about the Michigan Texas A&M game was the pregame. So we get there like two yeah. hours before. We're watching all these teams warm up. I just watched North Carolina get blown off, like just completely blown out by Texas A&M. They hit all these threes. North Carolina didn't make any shots. Six for 31. We all remember this. Um, so I'm watching Texas A&M warm up, and they yeah. look like world beaters. Robert Williams is like doing 360 dunks. He's, he's doing the same windmill a thousand times. He's like times. pointing at me in the crowd like, you're next. I'm like scared to death by this guy. And Tyler Davis is like making every single he shot he's taking. He holds up the severed head of Joel Berry, <laughs> yeah. and he's like, he stares you in the eyes. He says, look at it, Tate. I, I'm like, how do you stop Texas A&M? <laughs> and then I look down at Michigan, and I'm watching this team warm up, and I'm trying to find a guy. We see Duncan shoot, and I'm like, shout out to Duncan, the friend of the program, good for him. Yeah. And then I find the man who hit the shot to get him to the game, Jordan Poole, and I'm like, I want to zoom in on this freshman and see what he's really about. See if he's got see some game. See where his headspace is. Yeah, see where yeah, he's yeah, at. Like, is, is he hyped up about hitting the shot? Has he kind of gotten astray from what he was doing well? This is all pregame, folks. Jordan Poole, I, I, I shit you not, <laughs> he took at least seven or eight shots, bricked them all. He dribbled <laughs> the ball off his foot at least four or five times. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, is anyone else on his team going to say, hey, Jordan, you want to lock it up? You want to lock it up and make a layup? Maybe start back, work your way back a little bit? He was not affected by any of it, so nonchalant about it. And then at one time, the manager stopped passing him the ball. He's like, I can't, like, there's no change for you, Jordan. I can't Jordan give you the Poole, ball back. <laughs> Jordan Poole knew every single camera in that arena was on him, and he knew he also knew that none of the cameras were panning to the where the shot went in. So like he's he's doing the day where he's he's like crossing it up, shooting fadeaways. It's the Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, yeah they don't show where the shot ends up. Show they just show the form like this kid, he's, he's a like, stud. He knows they're back in the studio like talking, and here we have Jordan Poole, the, the hero from last game. Remember the yeah. shot? And they show the shot and he's like smiling. And then we we so that all that happens, and I'm saying before the game, and I'm like, my God, Michigan's getting blown out in this one. Like th- this is this is the guy that we're relying on to yeah. hit the shots for him. And then in the game, Jordan Poole can't miss. Duncan can't miss. Yeah. Wagner's like talking to Williams and Tyler. Tyler Davis and oh. Wagner are about to get in a fight the entire game. And Michigan just blew him out. And the whole time, this was the lesson I learned. Don't judge anything off pregame. These guys don't care. Right. And we talked to Duncan Robinson after the game. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, what's going on with Jordan Poole? I saw him miss every shot. He's like, the guy's wired differently. He just really doesn't care until the lights are on. I was like, that's, that's unbelievable. Yeah, so we go... Uh, Michigan. Okay, before we get off track, and we start talking about what what happened after the game. We went to the locker room. Mm. Um, Texas A and M blows out Carolina. You you mentioned mm. it, and then Michigan blows out Texas A and M. A lot of people tweeting at you saying Michigan would have beat Carolina by eighty, something like that. Yeah. And then how do you how do how how were your thought how were you feeling because you there's this there's this uh thing that you can do on your phone you can take a screenshot so you take uh-huh. a screenshot of when Michigan played Carolina earlier in the season and then you, and just, it, and then yeah. you send it back to them speaking of which said, good game Michigan fans. Mm-hmm. 
what's going on here? Why are we getting tweets from Michigan Fan State saying like, keep 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 doubting the Wolverines, mm-hmm. see what happens? Mm-hmm. Like Tate and I are looking at the like as Michigan's just beating the shit out of A&M. Like I'm refreshing my Twitter and it's just a bunch of Michigan fans like keep keep hating on us. If you it's our fuel. And I'm, when have we hated Michigan? I don't know, but I'll take the blame for it. I'm yeah. totally fine too. I, I, I don't, don't care. I think people were just saying I, that because I was like Texas A&M better win the title. But that was out of frustration. I think at one point I may have said during the year like <laughs> Michigan's defense is good. Their offense is sometimes not as good. Like I don't think they're the best team in the country. And Michigan fans are like, whoa, this asshole. You know, so we'll, we'll show him. Meanwhile, we're talking um, to the team and the team's like, you guys have been so favorable yeah. Yeah, <laughs> friend of the program, Duncan Robinson is like, dude, I love that you guys always have great things to say about us. But like the fans themselves are like, why are you always hating on Michigan? It's like, holy shit, dude. Uh, so we, yeah, we go back in the locker room. I think mm-hmm. the big takeaway, and we'll get off of this because again, people are rolling their eyes. Like, we get it, you guys. We get it, guys. You guys get to live fun lives and and do fun shit. Um, but the big takeaway, and in and using our press passes to go in back in the locker room, mm-hmm. is that we're walking through the hallway, and and for those who don't know how this media stuff works, the team gets to their little moment where John Beeline's like, "Great game, guys! Team on three, one, two, three, team." The SID, the 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 basically is in charge of all the media. The, grabs the stars the media of the team, takes them to the actual press he conference. He grabs the, the three guys that he thinks the media are going to want to talk to the most, takes them to the actual press conference. And then as that's happening, all the rest of the media that doesn't want to go to the press conference, mm-hmm. the scrum, we get to go into the locker room, right? So we have this moment where the three stars of Michigan are walking down the hallway as the media, are this big scrum of media are walking down the hallway. Amongst us is Kevin O'Connor, the NBA expert, mm-hmm. NBA guru mm-hmm. for the ringer.com.com. Com, com. Uh, so he's walking down the hallway Mo Wagner is walking the other way. Mm-hmm. They pass each other. Wagner daps up O'Connor, turns to his turns to one of his teammates. I forget which one is like that Mah- was, Muhammad Ali Abdul Rahman. Yeah, turns Abdul Rahman and goes, "That was Kevin O'Connor," and is freaking out. And Tate and I look at each other like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and Muhammad Ali Abdul Rahman looked at everyone and was like, "Who?" He's like, <laughs> "No, come on, come on, just be kidding, nice just to kidding. KOC." No, we love KOC. So. The big moment for KOC. Those of you that follow KOC's draft guide, it's, yes. it's awesome. It's, it's great. Yes. But we, we have to put that out there. Uh, you know, we told him that Wagner has to be number one now. We, if 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 it suddenly Wagner just starts running up those rankings and like Wagner is like a top three pick on KOC's board, well, you'll know you'll know something's up. But that that was awesome. Awesome moment for mm-hmm. us. Uh, anything else we got to report on this? No, not really. Just that Michigan looks like the team right now. And as I say this, yeah. it's hilarious uh, to know that it probably will end possibly tomorrow. But Michigan looks really good right now. They seem like they're on a roll. We now know rust versus rest. Oh, yeah. It's rest. It's rest. It's rest. Re- uh, Michigan was well rested by yes. having the time. Yeah, having the time <laughs> the off. John week. Beeline. Way to go, Delaney. Is Mr. March. Um, th- These moments, though, like it, it's funny to me because you think about like Houston when you think about because Michigan. So Michigan's path to the to the national title game, not just the Final Four. They their their path to the national title game at this point, the best seed that they will have to have played is Houston, a six mm-hmm. seed. Mm-hmm. Every other every other team they play fourteen seed Montana. They play seven seed Texas A and M. They play nine seed Florida State. They win that. They play either nine seed or an eleven seed to go to the title game, right? And you're thinking like if you're a Houston fan or a Houston player, you're 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 looking at this saying like. They hit a 30-footer at the buzzer with the hand in the face, kicking their legs out to beat us. And I guess the point I want to make is like just that that thin line in the NCAA tournament, how no one will give a shit about this Houston season ever. 
like no one, even next year. Mm-hmm. Next year, someone will be like, Houston was pretty good last year. And then they'll look it up. You'll be like, oh, were they? Oh, no, they lost in the second round. How They couldn't have possibly been that good. Mm-hmm. But they were, you know, for all we know, they were one inch or point one second away from playing in the national title game. If Michigan, you know, it, it doesn't work that way, obviously. You know, like maybe Houston then gets blown out by Texas A&M. Who knows? But, well, you can do the same thing with Miami, you know? Like yeah, when Miami, Miami, shot, Miami. Yeah. I don't know. It's just funny to me how these things are... Uh, like Michigan, if Michigan doesn't hit the shot against Houston, are we talking about how they're having a disappointing? You know, what a disappointing. No, end the, of the answer season is Russ. Yeah. They, they, oh man, they're mm-hmm. so rusty, and now they're gonna. You know, they, they're gonna be playing for national title. Possibly, you don't want to. You don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but uh, that's that could possibly be happening. That, that, that whole thing's funny. So, um, but just the fact that they're in the Elite Eight. That means we are, that they we are cheering for Michigan. They are going to play. Uh, this podcast is probably coming out on Saturday, so most people listening to this, it's going to happen tonight. They're probably watching this yeah, as they're the probably game is watching, going they're Florida like, State's up by 25 right now. Yeah, it's More Michigan. Yeah. St- or, or, Kevin Golly's having one of the best games of Or Michigan is up big, and Michigan fans are tweeting at us like, <laughs> oh, keep hating us. I heard what you said on the podcast where we were lucky to be here about how we had to play all the bad teams. Keep, keep hating us. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're, hmm. we're riding the Michigan thing hard. Um, but, yeah, you don't want to get ahead of yourself. And and start forecasting the easy path because a game we should talk about also, the Kentucky Wildcats. Your Poison. Wildcats, your Wildcats pick is looking good. Still right standing, now. folks. Looking solid. Two more Wildcats to go. Kansas State beats Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, they drank the poison, Tate. Yes, it was so funny before this game. Coach Cal, uh, he tried to get ahead of this, which we should give him kudos for because. It is hard and it is tough with all the media people, us not included, that said Kentucky has the red carpet rolled out to a Final Four. Right. They're in Catlanta. Yes. They're coming home. Where Everyone's going to be there. Everyone's going to be excited. What Kansas State fans are going to show up to watch this game? This Kentucky team seems primed and ready. They're maturing as the season goes on. We've got kids. They've become guys. We're ready to rock. Right. But the poison was there. And Coach Cal was ready for you. He was like, guys, you got to watch out for that poisonous. It, it's all in the it's, air. It's a cloud of poison just following you around Catlanta. And uh, you know, it got him. You know who I feel the worst for mm-hmm. in this loss? Who's I, that? I feel for these kids. Yes. I do. I think y- you you watch this Kentucky team play mm-hmm. all year. And, you know, these kids, they gave it their all. And these kids were, they were young. People forget the youngest team in the country. This is, you know, the a lot of you know a lot of people were saying these guys are these kids are sophomores now. I I don't think so. I think if you see these kids in practice every day and you see what these kids, you know, just kind of the decisions that these kids make, you would have, you know, you you would have known that these kids, they're that's what they are. They're just kids, mm-hmm. Tate, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and, Tikes. You, and these kids are on the, the biggest stage in college basketball, and mm-hmm. you're asking these kids to do the impossible. I mean, you're asking them to go out there and carry the weight of an entire program, eight national championships, like Big Blue Nation, biggest fan base in the country. And you're asking these kids to carry all that pressure, and they got a cakewalk to the national title. And I just feel for these kids. I mean, you know that that it just hurt these kids after the game. You know that that these kids were just torn up on, on how the season ended. And um, these kids gave it their all. And I think if you're a Kentucky fan, you have to look at these kids, just the effort these kids gave, and say – I, I applaud what these kids gave us this year. And it wasn't it wasn't necessarily what, you know, my guys from the past few years, my guys from past years like have have, have taken us to the final four. My guys have, have taken us to national championships. It, it, may, it might not have been that, but these kids left it all out there and and I feel for them. I do. 
And that was Coach Calipari giving his uh, his thoughts on the season. How many, was, how many of these? What was the, these kids got? That was pretty good. Yeah, that was if pretty I, good. If I can brag, you just keep going. Uh, we we actually we didn't watch a ton of this game because we were busy with media duties and trying to keep our eye on the the Florida State Gonzaga game. So we're not going to lie to you and pretend like. But we, we, have, we watched we the last take. six minutes. I do really know mattered. they call like a shit ton of fouls. Yeah, that PJ was like the Washington big takeaway. Shot more free throws than most teams in this tournament will shoot. He shot twenty one free throws. There was apparently a big a, a big uh, a big thing where Chris Webber was saying you got to take him out of the game because he was, he he was like seventeen. For, he was like seven for seventeen at one point. Yeah, Kentucky fans are going crazy. Uh, but he actually had, from what I saw, he played forty minutes in the game, so he didn't come out at all in this game. Mm. He had eighteen and fifteen. PJ Washington, Washington Jr. is who I'm talking about. He had eighteen and fifteen. He looked like the best he had ever played. This is the best I'd ever seen PJ right. Washington play. He actually impacted the game from what we saw. Um, and still, people were upset about it. Obviously, you have to make your free throws down the stretch, but. Kansas State, I mean, they had their best players, uh, Sneed fouled out, Sneed right? Fouled out. They, had th- I thought, they had three guys out that fouled out of the game. Like, and Dean, in Dean Wade time. wasn't even playing. Yeah. We thought he was going to play the Dean Wade mystery. I, <laughs> you, you wanted to play the music? Kyle, play the music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we should quickly say Bruce Weber. He's a savant. He's uh, possibly got a chance to go back to the Final Four, and he's actually played his heart. He's played his cards really well because he has saved his best player until right. he plays a real team. Right. He's been going into oh, every whoa, game. Whoa, yeah. whoa! You're saying Kentucky's not a real team? I think he wasn't worried about Prepare it. Prepare for the wrath of Big Blue Nation. He just thought it was a catwalk, and oh. that they were going to go straight. <laughs> Straight to the it was Catlanta. It was just the wrong cat. Yeah, it was the wrong cat. People, people uh, were getting behind the wrong cat. I, I love how upset people get about that. I, know. Um, I will say this: Dean Wade sitting on the bench with three guys out, all fouled out, and you know Kentucky had a chance in this game to finally win it. Shea Gilgis Alexander gets the last shot off. You just felt like they were going to do something, it did. and it just didn't work. It out. felt like a Kentucky. It felt like it felt like they Kansas State. By the, yeah, gave him their best punch, and it just was like it's when Snead fouled out. I was I we we watched the last couple minutes, and when Snead fouled out, I was like, that's it, that's game over. Um, you usually do the thing where it's like not enough time, but this is like it was too much time. Like their yeah. players kept fouling out. We're like, well, this game's probably gonna go to overtime, and then it's a wrap. And then Kentucky's gonna win by like sixteen in yes. overtime. Is sort of what I felt like was inevitable, mm-hmm. and it just didn't happen. Um, so the big takeaway with anytime Kentucky loses in the tournament, it's time to talk about uh what happens with their players moving forward in the NBA draft. Um, this te- this feels like a team, like everyone was making the comparison to the 2014 Kentucky team. That mm-hmm. was the idea behind it. That was the optimism. As, as Kentucky had their struggles this year, if you're, if you're a Kentucky fan, you're saying our 2014 team had struggles. We made it to the title game before we lost to UConn. So the same thing could happen with this team. Um, if you remember, Tate, mm-hmm. that 2014 team brought a lot of guys back. They then get a loaded recruiting class, put it together. What do you get? 38-0 start to the season. I forget how the season ended, but they started 38-0. I do know that much. Um, so my question to you is, because I look at this Kentucky team as that they had this year, and I'm thinking, just like a lot of these guys are good. I get that they're talented, but the big the big problem I thought they had like for most of the season was they weren't skilled enough. They need like just just literally fundamental work. Mm-hmm. They just need to dribble better, shoot better. You mean coaching? Pass better. They yeah. need coaching. <laughs> yeah. They, okay. In other words, they need another year of college basketball. Mm-hmm. But as we know, they're probably not going to get another year. What what is your you pay attention to this stuff more than I do? What is like the forecast with like the the Kentucky guys going pro? Who do we feel like is going to go? Who's coming back? I think we have two locks. We have Gojus Alexander, who's pretty much convinced everyone he's that be a he's lock. yeah the next Rondo with the jump shot. That's what everyone says. That's that's the number one go to. And then you got Kevin Knox, who is six nine. Everyone says he's Rudy Gay two Right. So those two guys are going to go, I'm sure, but just right. because they're on mock drafts, and that's what this whole world is about. So two guys are gone there, right? Which is fine. And you replace uh, Gilgis Alexander with quickly five star point guard coming in. Quade Green 
we're guessing he's going to come back. He still hasn't had he's that. He's got to come back. He hasn't had that 25, 30 point game that we've been waiting but like, on. Like he, 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 it's 100% obvious he has to come back, but mm-hmm. like I never know with the Kentucky guys. I, I really don't. I think there's a world in which Quade Green comes back and is like the number two guy next to Quickly while Quickly tries to learn how to run the point guard. He's just mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, you can do this now to keep, like a Ryan Harrow type. You know, you do this they, until they have we have a point guard coming in named Quickly. Quickly. He's quick. Emmanuel, I, I assume quickly. he's quick. I actually don't think he's that quick. Oh, my God. Slowly. Emmanuel, oh slowly. Uh, and then who else is on their team that's going to come? P.J. Washington, who had a great game. I think he expected to be a one and done. Gabriel. He, he has 18 and 15. He's going to go. Gabriel will probably go. Winging Gabriel just because he can shoot threes and he's he seven the, feet tall. He was yeah. trying to go after the SEC tournament. Did he, he like, shoot? Yeah. He made seven threes in one game. Yeah. Okay, that means you're going to go to the NBA. <laughs> um who else is on their team that's a freshman now? Oh, Nick Richards. There's Nick no Richards. way he doesn't. I think he he may declare or test, you know, just test, test the, water the waters. Season. Just test the waters. Just dip a toe in. See how I think what's going to happen is Cal's going to do the same thing where everyone declares for the NBA draft on their team. Yeah. And they have with the, the, Brad the big pro included. Day. Yeah. Yeah. You have the big pro day. They come, you watch all our guys uh-huh. and do that thing. And yeah. Yeah. It's like um, we, we get to control. But this, this is my plea. I know no one, no, no one cares. No one's going to listen to me. But my plea is Kentucky, bring all your, bring most of your bring guys your back. Cats back. You're going to have an awesome team. It's mm-hmm. going to be fun to watch next year. Uh, that's, that's my hope. Um, there's no way that happens. There's no way that happens. Mm-hmm. Let's take a break. We'll come back, hit the rest of the, all the action that we need to get to. But first, uh, Pro Jam. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Coca-Cola and Powerade. If you're into sports, then it's your favorite time of the year. March Madness. With so many games, you never know what's going to happen. That's why you need to be ready for whatever the next round brings. And make sure your fridge isn't empty by the half. And make sure your fridge isn't empty by the half. Swing by Walmart before every round and stock up on Coca-Cola, Coke Zero Sugar, and Powerade before the next one tips off. Coca-Cola is the official fan refreshment of the NCAA. Be ready to watch all the games by picking up Coca-Cola and Powerade all turning long. I will tell you this, Mark Titus. We were at the games. We were. We were. We drank a lot of Powerade. Had a couple Cokes. No, no, no. You drank a lot of Powerade. Yes. I drank a lot of Coke Zero Sugar. That's right. I had some electrolytes. You had some Coke Zero. I'm drinking one right now as we speak. Mm, how is it? <sighs> wow, that sounds refreshing. Uh, NCAA March Madness isn't just one game. It's a whole tournament, folks. Make sure you're ready. Refresh every round by heading to Walmart to pick up Coca-Cola, Coke Zero Sugar, and Powerade. Tate, are you an entrepreneur? Yes. Are you a small business owner? Yes. Do you do you also have a side gig? Yes. Well, let me introduce you to Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Grasshopper lets you run your business from your cell phone while keeping your business and personal lives separate. Choose from the huge inventory of local toll-free and vanity toll-free numbers. Simply forward your new number to your mobile phone and start taking calls immediately. Whether you are in an office, in your car, or out running errands, Grasshopper's iPhone and Android apps help you stay connected with your customers. Not to mention you can send and receive calls and texts from your business phone number. You can set up multiple extensions for everyone on your team. You can get your voicemails transcribed and emailed to you. You can work from anywhere with call forwarding. You can make and receive calls from your computer via the desktop app. You can even utilize Wi-Fi calling. Better yet, Grasshopper offers an easy and instant setup and 24-7 customer support, all without any long-term contracts. Sign up today. Go to grasshopper.com slash shining to get $20 off your first month. That's grasshopper.com slash shining. Back to the podcast. And we're back. The final game of Thursday. Uh, This was also a Staples Center. We came back and watched this one, but 
like we said, this was another blowout. These were it two blowouts. It was over from the start. Yeah. It, this game, uh, if you know, Gonzaga hung around because Gonzaga has a good basketball team. But if you were, this is one of those. I was, I was there, so therefore I'm an authority on this. Mm-hmm. And those of you listening, don't don't get it. You just don't get it because you weren't there. Um, you could sense like very early that Gonzaga was just overwhelmed by Florida State's size and athleticism. You could, and, and I'm, I know that's very convenient for me to say that because Gonzaga lost. And you know, had they come back, maybe I'd be like, oh yeah, you could sense that Gonzaga. Was always going to break through, but uh, there, there was just like a feeling of like Florida State gets out to a big lead. Mark Few does the move, the, does the Roy Williams move where he doesn't call timeout, mm. and he and you and I were joking like he he looks like he's just gonna like walk off the floor and say I'm I am not calling timeout. You guys had to dig your you so dug this, this, hole. this is in the first half. We we just had the under sixteen timeout, we're, and then we're like I guess he's just gonna wait for the under twelve timeout. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, Florida State is just there's like fourteen <laughs> minutes and thirty seconds left. And we're like, are we sure he's waiting for the under twelve? They're all looking around each other like, oh man, these guys are a little bit soft. Maybe we should just keep trying yeah. to yam on them. And like Kumaji, th- I think the thing with Florida State for people that don't play this team, and I think the first time you see this team. You look and you're like, oh my God, Kumaji and all these guys. There's like seven footers just coming in and off the bench, and you get almost intimidated. And you're like, you start thinking about when you drive to the lane. You're like, I'm worried about some random guy coming out, Kofer, and just swatting the ball. Florida State is last year's Florida State. It was last year, right? With Johnny Isaac. Johnny Isaac. That was just a year ago. Yeah, with Tan Mays. Yeah, Dwayne Bacon. Last year's Florida State team was one of the all time great airport teams. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, I think I've made this point before of of a team that you see them wearing their Florida State jumpsuits and they're walking through they're all walking through an airport together like every jaw is just dropped at like holy shit look how big and yeah, strong like, is that the Orlando guys? Magic yeah, oh my that? god yeah. look at these guys um last year's team was a little bit better but this year's Florida State team still passes the airport test absolutely like in, with flying colors you see these guys like they come out for warm-ups and you're just like oh my god this is unbelievable. Um, so this game, there's not a lot to report. I mean, Florida State kicked their ass, but both games of Stable Centers were ass kicking. Michigan's was a case of we're better at basketball than you. Florida State's was a case of we're just going to kick your ass, and also, and on top of that, we might score more points, but it's we're going to win the fight. I think the whole game can be summed up in Hachimura driving to the basket, looking like he has an easy lay in, and then Kevin Golly coming over and just swatting the shit out of him, and mm. basically looking down. It was like this is rim yeah. protection. This is what we're going to be doing, folks, and. You feel bad for that Gonzaga team because it's Norvell and Hatchamira. They basically had to rely on them. So Williams is like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, six, Perkins was MIA all those, game. those guys couldn't do anything in the paint against like yeah. Kumaji. Those, they're just so long and ridiculous if you see that Florida State team. It, it, this is the quintessential bad matchup, and we joke about that all the time. But it, like Gonzaga could have played a lot. of like If they played Texas A&M even with Robert Williams and Tyler Davis, I think they fare better than playing Florida State. who just They just rotate guys in and out. Leonard Hamilton had a great game. Uh, you know, yeah. I love that Leonard's having this nice little run. People are finally giving him respect. His first Elite Eight. Did you know this? Oh, wow. And Congrats, also, Lenny. for people that don't know about Leonard Hamilton's history, I'm going to give a little bit of a history Lenny lesson. Duffels. Lenny Duffels. He's been doing it for a long time. He was at Miami for 10 years, and then he gets hired by Michael Jordan and the Washington Wizards, which is... If Second you, best player of all time. Go ahead. <laughs> this is... He got hired to come on and be a coach. Uh, they go. Michael Jordan goes after Mike Jarvis at St. John's. Jarvis turns him down, right? And then he's mm-hmm. like, I got to have a young coach to come in and make this locker room work. We got <laughs> Mitch Richmond and all these old guys in here. We got to we got to get him young and get him going again and get him practicing. So he brings in a young Leonard Hamilton from Miami. Who's actually like 56. But yeah, no, yeah but at like, the time, Leonard Hamilton like was 63. Um, <laughs> he, he was going to school with Sister Jean. Uh, he came in, Michael Jordan brings him in, and it was just like the biggest debacle ever. And this is the first 
time I ever learned about Leonard Hamilton in my life. And it was just Michael Jordan brought this guy in and basically turned on him. and was like, this guy sucks. We had to fire. They fired him within like 15 <laughs> months. Michael Jordan fired two coaches within 15 months of starting as uh, president of basketball operations with the Wizards. And that was my first thing about Leonard Hamilton. So I've always felt bad. Like he was like a sad puppy dog. You know, I was yeah. like, oh, this guy just got mistreated. Aww. And I feel like it's been this whole run. Even at Florida State, he's never gotten treated with any sort of respect as if he's doing a great job with this Florida State program. He's been there since 2003, 2002, something like that. That. Yeah. And uh, I no, don't know. I just feel like he finally like got through and we yeah. didn't even talk about it. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Congrats to Leonard Hamilton. We hope you get your ass kicked by Michigan. <laughs> we have we have friends of the program on Michigan's team. Uh, we're, we're very much pulling for Michigan, but I'm happy for Leonard. But we also, you know, if in, a, in an alternate universe, we would definitely be pulling for Leonard Hamilton. That would be an exciting story. I'm pulling for him in this universe. Not, You're pulling not, for both. Yeah, You're just I'm hoping like, like <laughs> I just want to have a good game. Can everyone? Can everyone win, please? Just can, we just, everyone... can we give some participation trophy? Pl- this, this is such a bad all, elite eight. They're all trying their best. I want to call it the eight. Uh, let's talk about Friday's action, uh, mm-hmm. which again we're recording this Friday night after these games are played, so this is this is fresher in our minds. Um, first game of the day, Kansas. Kind of blowing out Clemson. Clemson claws back. Uh, I guess I guess my comment would be props to Clemson for not giving up. Uh, Texas A&M got down early. Texas A&M said we're out. Robert Williams. A lot of people. I don't know if I don't know if this was made clear, but they they announced it at Staples Center. Robert Williams declared for the draft at the under sixteen timeout <laughs> in the first half for Texas A&M. He had that one dunk. They were down like eleven to six or something. He yeah. has this amazing dunk to start the it, game, and then he was like, "All right, guys, I'm good. I did it, it in Staples yeah, Center. It, yeah. That's my third one." So uh, you know, Clemson could have done that. They they it wasn't that bad I guess out of the gate but then like there's that moment in the first half like halfway through the first half kind of where Kansas just starts getting hot everyone's hitting everything Clemson was like throwing the ball all over the court just unbelievably bad passes there was a lot of adrenaline from Clemson yeah, yeah you could tell Clemson was a little yeah excited a little shaky game. They, the game should have been about a seven point five to seven point game at the half but Clemson had so many breaks right. and just like they threw the ball out of bounds three or four times so this 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 could have gone south and they could have just folded they did not they clawed back for a second there I thought. We might have a ball game. We may have even had a ball game. Mm-hmm. I don't know what defines yes. having a ball game, but to my in my mind, I was like, folks, here they we, come. Here they come. We might actually have a ball game. Turns out, I don't think we did have a ball game. Mm-hmm. Kansas kind of won semi comfortably. And um, the good news if you're a Kansas fan is you look at Devontae Graham, who's had a subpar tournament. You've been waiting for him to like finally start hitting some shots, which is you yeah. know, the most important thing hit some shots. And he gets in this game in the second half as things are starting to kind of get tightened up. Graham looks good, figures it out. Right. Vic had a good game. I don't know. If I'm a Kansas fan, I'm obviously worried about Bagley and Carter in the next round with Duke. What We're, is the next round, by the way? What do you mean? Like, what What do we call this next round of games? I'm calling it the... Uh, the, the uh, it says here the Elite Eight. I'm not calling it that. I don't know. If I, I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. I don't know. Uh, so Kansas is in the Elite Eight. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Inter- what, what happens next? Um... A lot of times, not good. Bill things. Self is two and seven in the Elite Eight, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I'm gonna I'm a little little uh, little tip for the friends of the program here. Here's a little free joke that you can get lined up, put in your drafts folder, get it ready for Sunday. Mm-hmm. Maybe the real Elite Eight was Bill Self losing eight times in the Elite Eight, something like that. We'll workshop it. Do something like eight crazy something nights. Like that. Yeah, with like Bill be Self. like. Oh, Elite Elite Eight, more like Elite Eight losses, mm-hmm. and do that in like all caps and. And then uh, you know something like, that. and then put uh, and then put Bill Self's head on Sean Miller's body and say live look, live at, look, yeah. live look at the Elite Eight losses that mm-hmm. Bill Self has in the Elite Eight. Live look every time Bill Self makes the Elite Eight. <laughs> live, yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. There, we, there it is. There's the winner. There you go, folks. <laughs> put it in. Free, free joke for uh, from One Shiny Podcast. Kansas advances, beats Clemson. They do look good. Um, 
But again, this isn't like this is this is the norm. If you if Kansas loses to Duke, and we it's fifty years from now, I'm on my deathbed because I am at that point eighty. Oh my god, I hope I'm on my deathbed well before eighty. <laughs> yes, like, me too. if I live to be eighty, whew, mm. that's that's a terrible life. Um, Coach K, seven I, years away from that. <laughs> I do not want to live to be eighty years old. God willing, I will be dead by the time <laughs> I'm sixty. But uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm on my deathbed. As Just a, think about it. you're 48 years away from Sister Jean's prime. <laughs> so I'm on my deathbed. I'm about to turn 40. <laughs> I'm on my deathbed, hopefully. Um, and someone's like, hey, Titus, do you remember that Kansas season mm-hmm. when they won 30-plus games and won the Big 12 and then lost in the Elite Eight? And I will say, which one? There's like 30 of those. And um, that's what we're primed for. So I say that to say, Tate, it's great that they've made it this far. In the grand scheme, this means jack shit mm-hmm. that Kansas has made it to the lead eight. It all comes down to beating Duke now. Will they beat Duke? This is also one of those things. We did like the rest versus rust. We're going to get into a world with all the uh, upsets that we had in the South with everyone winning the conference tournament and the guys that won you know, their leagues with Xavier winning the Big East and Virginia winning the ACC. People are going to be like, it, does it even matter? You know, like, right. like, Does that stuff even work out? And like, you look at Kansas, 14 straight. We have all these elite eight losses. Do you think Kansas would trade some of those to get to a, a couple more Final Fours? I would think so. I would say yes. But I think we're getting in the world where people are like, you know, they're trying to NBA us. They're trying to make us not care about the regular season. And I refuse to let it happen. I, I also refuse to let it happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas, I, I I don't think they're going to beat Duke. I think Duke looks better. Uh, Duke, Duke, you know, you could make an argument that Duke struggled against Syracuse. I would think that argument is dumb. Syracuse's whole thing is... It's to make you struggle. Syracuse is, like, just trying to... As as my dad used to always love to say, that that, that saying of, like, don't wrestle with the pig because you'll both get dirty and the pig will like it. Yeah. <laughs> what? My, my dad what? didn't make... He didn't make that up. Don't, don't you know. <laughs> someone else said that, but... Uh, he would say that to me all the time, you know. They like, had a hog farm? <laughs> <laughs> it makes it makes more sense if you're from Indiana. Trust me. Everyone in Indiana is like, yeah, I totally get that one. Yeah, it totally makes sense. No, uh, so that's what Syracuse does. Syracuse, you know, they, they drag you down in the mud, mm-hmm. and then they, they make things ugly for everybody. So uh, I, I felt like Duke was always going to win. They did win. Marvin Bagley is incredible. Um, I want to I want to argue. I guess we're like kind of moving around. We're trying to cover all the games. I, I was trying to do one by one, but like now I'm gonna to, to rope in the Villanova game, and because I want to say Jalen Brunson played really well tonight. But Marvin Bagley has to be the National Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. I agree with this. Marvin Bagley is 100% the National Player of the Year. There's nothing quite like Grayson Allen just throwing the ball up in the air. At, yeah. Like, God knows who. No one know. no one knows. He has no idea. He literally, like, if it goes in, he's going to take credit for it. If not, he's going to be happy <laughs> with the assist. He just throws it up in the air. And then, thank God, Marvin Bagley and Wendell Carter are down there just to jump up and grab I it saw, and throw it in I, A few of those lobs that he threw to Bagley, I saw him turn to the ref trying to call for offensive goaltending. He's like, you get goaltending. Don't count that. <laughs> He's like, that was a shot, right? That's mine. That's mine. It crossed the goal. It went across. Did you see it? It went across. Uh, yeah, Duke, Duke, actually, I thought they did look I mean, like they, did, they didn't shoot well. It was, an, it was a very ugly Grayson game. Grayson didn't shoot well. But they, uh, somebody on that team should just be like, hey, Grayson, just pass it. Duke's, just pass it it's sometimes. never been about Duke's offense. Like, mm-hmm. you, you you know, Duke could, Duke could come down on offense, drop kick the ball into the stands every single possession, and if they still win, I'm, come, and I'm coming away from that game saying, like, I oh, think I they look dangerous. Oh, I thought you were going to say the refs will still help them uh, win. They'll still, help uh, them, yeah, they'll yeah, still find a way. I would still come away from the game saying, like, Duke looks dangerous because the concern is always the defense. So if they play like shit on offense and still win, I'm terrified of Duke. I've said I've said all along this is a Duke tournament. People they want to yell at us for getting picks wrong. They want to say you said Virginia was good, you said this, you said that and you're wrong about all that. One thing I noticed no one's called me out on it is I said at the beginning of this year that this was a Duke season. I said in the middle of the year this is a Duke season. I said at the start of this tournament this was a Duke season. 
I'm sticking by it. Duke is winning the national championship, Tate. Where are the haters at now? I'm 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 calling my shot. Again. Does it count if they win running a two three zone? That's the question. They don't run a two three zone. Me, they run a four one zone. Yeah, the, which is even worse. I, I honestly, it was it set basketball back at least ten years watching two guys, two coaches, two legends, be, uh, yeah, two, two legendary titans. elite coaches being like. Now, one of them at least is a system that he stuck by his entire life, but the other guy just mailing it in and being like, I'll just let him run 2-3 zone and hope to God we hit shots. That's what we got to watch. You see Coach K rip his jacket off? Yeah, that was good. That was good. That was, that was a, a nice moment. moment. Um, Coach K, he's all about the theatrics. The funny thing about that is he thought the camera was actually on a single shot when he started to rip his jacket off. He thought it was ready, but yeah. it wasn't quite ready yet. Yeah. So whoever's in the truck, the director, when K was going to rip the jacket off, just get there. He wants he's, you there. He's going to... Uh, Offer a human sacrifice of one of his managers tonight mm-hmm. because they did not tell him that the the camera was not you know mm-hmm. he, he wears a little earpiece you know and the managers are like okay coach they got they got a, they got a zoomed in on you do something do it's, something good. it's actually Mickey in the crowd his wife he's <laughs> like, he's like they got you they got you so we got Kansas Duke on Sunday mm-hmm. probably going to be the game of the tournament in terms of like the anticipation uh you know both both these teams are obvious national the right side of the containers. bracket has been good it has been right logic right picks yeah. things have made sense i can understand how this has played out i expected duke to play kansas i guess now that, now that syracuse sense. is out is there a scenario where the left side of the bracket can beat the right side of the bracket we have kansas state loyola florida state michigan on the left we have villanova texas tech kansas duke on the right what is the match like michigan texas tech would that be the, that would have to be the title game that we would believe that the left side can beat the right side. I believe in Michigan Duke. Michigan over Duke. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be juicy. That's what I believe in. That would be Duke's it, going to the title game. Are you prepared for Jalen if that happens? Like the just Brunson the, national no, play of the year. <laughs> of course, Jalen Rose at just the 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 insufferable everything that will emanate from Jalen Rose if if he gets his redemption on Duke. What it would be twenty five years later, yeah. twenty six years later. Mm-hmm. It'd be great. He deserves it. <laughs> he, they he deserve, deserve it. it. I like Jalen. Yeah, go blue. One Jalen I also like, calm down Villanova fans, is, <laughs> is Jalen Brunson. Um, he, I just, he, he's just not the national... He played really well tonight. Mm-hmm. A lot of, lot of Villanova shots. fans chirping at me saying, was this your moment? Yes, mm-hmm. this was a great moment. Jalen Brunson, Brunson named after Jalen Rose, by the way. Fun fact. Jaylen, people forget Jalen mm-hmm. Rose's mom invented the name Jalen. That's right. Um, so Jalen Brunson, it was incredible. He was very, very good. The matchup with Javon Carter, I was sad to see Javon Carter go out like this. Uh, he, he didn't play poorly. It was just, you know, you're hoping for more of a clashing of of two great players and it seems like Jalen Brunson got the better of that you know like it, the thing about West Virginia is like they're never really matched up together like the whole time you got the press there's like a ton of shit going on it's not like it's not like they were going one-on-one the entire game but uh that was kind of what it, the billing was was Brunson versus uh Carter Brunson got the better of the whatever he played he played better he Carter. played better yeah. so um we'll say that but Brunson was incredible great yeah. game from Brunson great game from Villanova West Virginia looked very, very good. I thought they kind of had it for a moment. They they had a they had a nice size lead. Uncharacteristically, let a lead slip away. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen it before. I was shocked. Could not believe that. Um, Villanova just started hitting shots. Tate. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. They had the dunks. The uh, the uh, uh, who was it? Spellman was mm-hmm. it? Spellman that had the nasty like tip dunk. You had Bridges hit the three in the corner. Um, they just start raining threes. Villanova got hot. When Villanova's hitting their threes, no one's beating them. They're 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 incredible. So uh, yes, I I think Jalen Brunson is a very good player. When I say Jalen Brunson should not win National Player of the Year, I don't mean he is not good at basketball. I mean that he is not the number one best player in the country. I mean he's like 
number two. Mm-hmm. That's all I mean. <laughs> he's in the conversation, but you're saying we're trying to give him a de facto national yeah. player of the year just because he's that's on all Villanova. I'm saying. Yeah, he's just he's second. You're trying to fix the system. That doesn't mean he's bad. It's I, not about Brunson. It's yeah. about the system. Right. So uh, Villanova marched on. What are your thoughts on that? Do you have anything else to add? Uh, no, not really. Just more that uh, Villanova, Duke, Kansas, they're all in there. We we joked about how bad this could have been. I joked before the game that uh, before the game started today that this could be one of those things where Clemson makes it on, West Virginia makes it on. Like all yeah. the teams you don't want to watch make it on. But uh, the right side of the bracket makes sense. The so. right side does make sense. Texas Tech beats Purdue. We actually didn't watch a ton of that game because we had the one TV going where we were watching Duke. Uh, we, we were focused on Duke-Syracuse. Um, so we'll just... We should say about... Welcome, I, you're welcome, Purdue fans. Yeah, so you're welcome. going to talk about this. Yeah, it's not about that. And we should say Isaac Haas, good for him and good for all the engineers at Purdue to make the brace or whatever that they made for him, yeah. the robotic arm. Fire for Matt to Painter play. for not playing. Yeah, just put him in. You had your star center available and you didn't even play him? I mean, um, I'm sorry, what? I like, think they should have put him in when they were like trying to make a run at the end with like six minutes left, just to get in your head a little yeah. bit. Like, oh no, here comes Haas. They should they should have brought him in just you for know? at some point, yeah. Or at least just put him there at the table and see what happens. Texas Tech mar- marches on. the The Smiths beat the Edwards. Yes, we have Zach and Zaire Smith versus Vince and Carson Edwards. Um, the Smiths got the better of that matchup. Texas Tech, Mister and Mister Smith. Yeah, this was also a meme game. The uh, the, mm-hmm. the 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 people of Reddit doing the tort. You, you don't know what I'm talking about, but the tortilla versus the bar graph. I don't know. Shout out to those people. Shout out to those nerds on Reddit. Uh, yeah, I don't. Re- yeah. Uh, Can't relate. But uh, Chris Beard, two and zero now against Purdue. Also beat him in the tournament both games at Little Rock. Now at Purdue. Um, and I told you this. They asked Chris Beard before the game. They're like, "Is this going to help you? You've beat Purdue before." And he was like, "Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, it's going to help me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah." Uh, good question. They asked before. Gonna uh, I'm going to do it again. And uh, next time I play him, yeah. it's going to help me. <laughs> It'll also help me then. Uh, Purdue has now. I, I I don't remember how many Sweet 16 they've been to. I think this is Painter's th- at least his third, maybe mm. his fourth. Um, but I should have looked this up before we started recording. But uh, the point I wanted to make is that Purdue has still not been to the Elite Eight since 2000. Indiana has still not been to the Elite Eight since 2002. Indiana, um, I, I you know, the Elite Eight said, I thought maybe there's a chance they were going to sneak in without even being in the tournament. Didn't happen. But don't forget about but, Butler. You have Butler for well, the Well, this is what I was going to say. Yeah. Butler has been to two Elite Eights since mm-hmm. Purdue or Indiana has last been. Notre Dame has also been to two. So that's like sort of the Indiana basketball report is that Butler and Notre Dame have it's flipped on its head. Have both been to multiple Elite Eights since IU and Purdue have been there. So we're back we're back there. So and speaking of Bob it. Knight should have been in that game, Texas Tech. That would have been awesome. Gene Katie was at the game, I think. Yeah, he I was. think I think I think I saw him on the he uh, was. I saw him during the Villanova game actually. They they showed like Villanova's bench and I saw Gene Katie sitting back there. I think it was him. I don't know. He I think he had a hat on. I couldn't see Didn't the, they do the th- I the think show. they showed him, yeah. Oh uh, did they show him? Cool. <laughs> Cool. Gene cool, Katie. Cool for all Gene Katie. Great coach. Yeah. Gene Katie. Gene, get, get Gene Katie to the final four. See if he's a. They should have had Gene Katie and Bob the, Knight on the uh, little panel before the game with Seth Davis and Brendan Haywood and everyone. Awesome. Yeah. Let's just see what these guys think. Um. So that's it. Villanova, Texas Tech, Kansas Duke, Michigan, Florida State, Loyola, Kansas State. What's the best Any game? Other? It's Duke, Kansas. It's definitely Duke, Kansas. <laughs> uh, Florida State, Michigan, I think is going to be, it could be pretty good. And we'll be there. We will be there. Mm-hmm. We will have a report there. Villanova, Texas Tech. No, I think Texas Tech. You know they play defense. They play offense. Those are two important things. But they they got great defense. Like there's a there's Keaton a, Evans, there's a theoretical world where Texas Tech can be Villanova. We don't mean to you know like I know Texas Tech fans are gonna be mad. You didn't talk about us. Why did you talk about us more? We just you know like the 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 the, the stars didn't align. We'll we'll talk about you next time. Beat Villanova. We'll talk about you. We promise beat them you inside out. Throw it to Zaire Smith. But that's that. Uh, I think the left side's chance at winning the national title is like. You know, like in 2015, where you had Duke play Michigan State, mm-hmm. like it was a, not a bad Michigan State team. I think they were like a seven seed. 
Uh, this is a team that beat Virginia. It wasn't a great yeah. Michigan State team. And then on the other side, you had Kentucky, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and um, Wisconsin beats Kentucky, and it sort the of undefeated fe- Kentucky. It yeah. sort of felt like Wisconsin had won the national. Like to them, they're like, we did it. We beat the. They you know, celebrated like they did it. Yeah. They celebrated like they won the national title, and then they turned around and lost the next night. And you know, like Duke had a really good team, so that wasn't really that shocking. That's not exactly a perfect analogy here but I think that might be how the left side could do it like if Michigan makes the title game and then you got like Villanova Duke and Duke beats Villanova and they're like we did it we just beat we beat Syracuse Kansas Villanova back to back to back like we've arrived we won the national and then Michigan can maybe sneak in there that's 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 the scenario I think for the left side there's no way Duke does that (laughs) okay Kay will never let that happen. That's that. Uh, any any thoughts before we wrap it up? No, I'm excited for tomorrow. My my, my thought is this. Uh, Syracuse loses. Jim Beheim, as you famously said on this podcast, should have retired if he won the national championship. Mm-hmm. He uh, did not. I have, I, have an, I have an alternative theory for you. Mm-hmm. Um, this, the Louisville job is now open. David Padgett was let go from his... He, he had his interim tag removed, and then he also had his head coach tag yeah, removed yeah. as well. The ultimate good guy move. <laughs> yeah, good guy move. He was sent packing. Thanks, David. The Louisville job is open. Mm-hmm. Jim Beheim to Louisville? Put it out there. Something you got to think about. Mm-hmm. His wife is from Kentucky. <laughs> Louisville's a great program. Yes. They're going to be looking it's, for... It's a blue blood. They're going to be looking for just top-line coaches. They're, they're not going to want to hire anybody. Jim Beheim, you know, maybe he wants out of Syracuse. Yeah. Everyone's everyone's like, his son's coming in. Maybe that's why he wants out. You mm-hmm. ever thought about that? It's like, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen this kid my whole life. I don't want to see four more years of this. I don't know. Just putting it out there. Something to think about. If it happens, you heard it here first. Jim Beheim. Louisville's new head coach. He's also a Patino guy. Yes, he is. He he groomed Rick Patino. He mm. made Rick Patino who he is. Bring bring Beheim to Louisville. How do you how do you help Patino the relationship with Rick Patino forever? You bring in Beheim as good friend to come in and, and solve this whole problem. That that's how you do it. That's the easy way to do it. I'm calling my shot. Jim Beheim to Louisville. That's that. Uh, the lead eight is set. It's going to be awesome. We will be doing a podcast Sunday night when the final four has been set. Yep. Godspeed to all these teams out there. We're cheering for all of them. We're cheering for Michigan a little bit more. Tate's cheering for Duke a lot less, mm-hmm. but I, I'm personally cheering for all of them. So good luck to all of you. I hope you all win. I hope you all get your participation trophies. Uh, that's it. We'll be back Sunday. Check us out. Until then, save the crew. <laughs>